0: You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. Welcome to Corporate Quitter. I'm your host, Gabby Ionello, and today's guest is Dr. Patricia. She's an integrative women's health physician, and she's the founder of Thrive Life Center, an integrative medicine wellness center and head coach of the Zen Mama Boss coaching program. She quit her corporate medicine job after her divine feminine awakened when she gave birth to her daughter, Kaia. She is passionate about helping highly driven women to overcome burnout so they can feel inspired, balanced physically, emotionally, hormonally, and feel fulfilled in both their career and their family life. And Patricia, I'm so grateful that you can come on and share this because I know, you know, for both my female and male listeners, They will benefit from all the things you have to share about just, you know, right, choosing maybe alternative ways of medicine, approaching, right, a typical nine to five in person practice to now having one that's online. Like you're just doing such unique things that can really help both genders, even though I know you're really specifically working with women. So thank you so much for coming on.
1: Yes, thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, now that the space is a lot of it is online. And so dealing with energy management, health is also different. We're also learning as we go, right?
0: Yeah. So can you kind of share your story a bit? I know that you were, you know, physically practicing medicine, you know, in the corporate world and you've since then transitioned into your own practice. So like, how did that happen? Why did it happen? Typically people who have these you know, medicine jobs, right? They're in practice or some sort. The notion is that it's all cushy and you guys get paid well and everything is awesome. So I'm wondering what the switch was and why that happened.
1: So the switch had multiple on and off. As much as I would love to have a story that's linear and almost like this simple aha moment when I knew exactly when to step out of assembly line medicine. So that's how I call corporate medicine. (laughs) (laughs) Assembly line, because, you know, we spend at most, on an average, according to studies, we spend at least 10 minutes to 15 minutes per patient in conventional corporate medicine. So it took a while before I recognized that I needed to step out. One was right after I graduated from medicine. Here I am. You know, I knew my calling was in the healing arts. And I graduated feeling so burnt out, but I didn't know I was burnt out. And this is the common story of a lot of corporate quitters. They really don't recognize burnout because burnout is not so clear. No, It's not like you're not productive. In fact, you can be so productive even in burnout. Anyway, so I graduated, felt burnt out, didn't feel like I was the healer that I envisioned to be, and then had this kind of transformational healing with mindset training. So a lot of positive psychology, law of attraction, quantum healing. So I felt reinvigorated, no, and and I still kind of went through the usual academic trajectory of most doctors. So went through my specialty training in Pittsburgh in University of Pittsburgh, which was also a very healing experience for me because most of the mentors were really nurturing, but work hours are around at least 80 hours per week. Sometimes I could even go 100, 120 hours per week.
0: Yeah, no wonder you felt burnt out. That's a lot of time.
1: (laughs) Essentially, we go home just to sleep. Yeah, yeah. We go home just to sleep. And now as I say that, it's just so how can we expect our healers to give you that healing space when we don't sleep? Anyway, going back to burnt out even in residency, but having these tools already of mind-body concepts, positive psychology. So I was thriving in many ways in corporate medicine. I knew how to deactivate, de-escalate, and kind of manage that mini burnouts on a daily basis. Fast forward to now being an attending, meaning like I was already done with all my trainings and finally decided to become a mother. I didn't envision becoming a mother. I was very comfortable in who I was already. In many ways, I was allergic to the terms of the divine feminine and honoring your menstrual cycles, women's health. In many ways, I was resisting that. Now I know why. But when I decided to become pregnant, immediately I knew I cannot work and grow a human inside and still feel like I'm honoring myself and honoring the child inside me. So I kind of slowly walked out by doing part-time. And then the moment I birthed my child, Kaia, I was in the hands of these beautiful women who stepped out of corporate medicine too. Like my postpartum doula was a nurse. She used to work in you know conventional medicine. And just being in that care Without thinking of time, again, without thinking of that assembly line medicine and productivity and the numbers and making sure your notes are done, it felt so in full alignment. Now being a mother, like, how can I be a true mother and a healer in the setting where time is so linear, where time is so finite in feminine biology? And psychology, time is not linear. It's very circular. This is how we operate optimally. And we'll get to that later. But that's how finally I had the courage. And, you know, it wasn't like I was done. It was more a recognition that this is not how women can thrive, especially mothers in that setting. It felt so masculine. It felt so linear. And there's no space for creation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not a mom and I don't plan to be a mom for a number of years, maybe five, six, seven years. You know, I'm not even married yet, but... One of the reasons why I had said, okay, I'm going to leave corporate and try to build a business is for the reason of I want to be a mom and be there for those special moments. Like working how I was working, which was like 50 hours a week, 60 hours, was right, which is half of what you were working yeah. in corporate, <laughs> which is crazy. But I was already experiencing burnout and I was exhausted. And if I can't even fully show up for myself and like take care of my body and my needs and get the sleep that I need, how in the hell am I going to be able to do that if I have a child or a spouse? It just, it's crazy.
1: Yes, but I love it that you're already envisioning that and recognizing it even before providing for someone else. You're already honoring what you need provide for you and that's who the true mother is, we mother ourselves, right?
0: Yeah. It's true. It's a lot, right? It's funny because you keep talking about mothering. Like it's in our nature as women, or just even men who have that very giving type of personality to write continually give to people instead of taking what we need for ourselves. So it can come off as selfish. But being in corporate for so many years, and I saw, you know, a couple of women rise through the ranks and go up the corporate ladder, like they didn't have time for their kids. And for me, that was like a big like uh-oh. And I have been a nanny. So I've been on both sides. I've been in corporate witnessing the mother's work in the field. And then I've also been the nanny, the in-place mother to take care of children. And for these young kids to accidentally call me mom, like I'm flattered, but that's heartbreaking, you know? So for me, I was like, whoa, okay. Okay. We got to we gotta, flip the script soon. Yeah. So that was the, the flip for you, which between primary care to holistic health was like, oh my God, these people are doing something. I want to do that too. Or I want to see if I can make it for myself, but other than having you know, your daughter.
1: Well, I was actually practicing integrative holistic medicine within that setting. I tried my best because before all this happened, my first passion was to do integrative medicine in the underserved. And so I needed to work with insurance so I can reach that population. But When you really are trying to do an integrative way of healing, one of the major recipes is time. It takes time to unpack, to unleash, and to rediscover, realign. And for me as a healer, to get all those data, it needs time. So the 15-minute wasn't working. I felt like I wasn't tapping into my potential as an integrative healer in that setting.
0: Yeah. You talk about time in the way of, right? It takes time to heal. You also need to put time into like those re- loving relationships to actually like understand what's going on because 10, 15 minutes isn't going to cut it. That's like having two quick conversations and maybe prescribing a drug and that's it. That doesn't do anything. I want to say it does for certain people in certain scenarios. But at the same time, what you're talking about, which is like actually transformative work, right? Realigning your hormones, like actually changing your biology takes some serious work.
1: Exactly. And, I want to highlight what you said that, yes, pharmaceuticals and that prescription does have a space. When I say integrative, it's really a combination of all medicine. All medicine has a space and time. So that quick type of medicine has a space. It's there for a reason. But when we want to think optimum health, when we want to think full potential, it's just not how It's done, at least in my experience. Mm -mm. I mean, I would tell my patients, my meet and greet. So I handpick, I handpick who my patients are. No, not everybody gets in, but my meet and greet is 15 minutes. So that's just meet and greet. So think of this when you have coffee with a girlfriend or call your best friend. Important life events, right? Would you schedule just 15 minutes?
0: Yeah, no. At least an hour. And that's minimum. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And that's how we positioned ourselves in healthcare, corporate healthcare, that we accept this. And same thing with corporate, you know, lifestyle in general. We have time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think it's just, we're now changing from a place of profit over people. And so now it's changing into more people over profit and businesses are realizing if they just take a little bit more time, they'll have happy customers. They'll have happy clients. They'll have more healthy clients. You know, they'll make more money for the business because people feel like they're seen, heard, and listened to. It's really remarkable. But you know, like you said, it takes time. This is not a flip the script overnight change. So for you, like, you know, I know you were talking about you kind of changed up your life to not experience burnout, but how can new business owners or even people who are still at there nine to five prevent burnout while they're still there?
1: Yeah, while they're still there. And I was in that space, right? I was there and I recognized how it's not serving my body, mind, and spirit. So I empathize with those who are still there, but still haven't felt it's time haven't felt it's not yet time to leave, two ways that I'm thinking that helps is planning your energy and time like it's rhythmic. It's a rhythm versus one straight line. So imagine your life as an inhalation and an exhalation, waking and sleeping. So what happens in the corporate world is sometimes we keep doing inhalation, meaning working, (laughs) and there's no micro-exhalation in between to decompress, deactivate. You know, we work eight, 12 hours of that inhalation doing, and we expect that when we sleep, we immediately deactivate. That's not how the body, mind, and spirit
0: work. I love that. That is so like, honestly, you were doing the inhalation thing and I immediately remembered being in my corporate office. Like you just feel like you're always holding your breath because you're in this panic, stress, high productivity mode that you never actually take a fucking break.
1: Yes, yes. So when you think of it as inhalation and exhalation, you can't be an inhale and holding all the time, right? <laughs> and then uh, you, you wait for that exhale when you go home. How can you expect to perform to anchor that rhythm and cycle? Studies have shown that adults thrive when we break our time into 90 minutes and 15. 90 minutes of working, and then after that 90 minutes is 15 minutes of breaking away from whatever it is. So it doesn't need to be completely doing nothing, but just source your energy and time with that 15 minutes, other than that mental or physical work that you're doing. So other sources of energy can be relationships, nature, right? Environment. And that 15 minutes can then increase your energy again. So this will help prevent the burnout. So 90 and 15 and what I hear from a lot of my very highly driven patients, now most of them are executives, business owners, mompreneurs. They would say, you know, I'm so tired all the time. When I go home, I feel like I'm going to pass out or I'm wired and tired. I can't even turn my brain off. That's because there's no fluctuations. There's no rhythm. So if you put that rhythm in place within that eight hour, It will be better for that cortisol, that melatonin. So just to illustrate that example, imagine a child in a classroom and you want that child to listen for 90 minutes, doing just one thing in the classroom. It's hard for children. It's actually shorter. It's 45 minutes. Past that 45 minutes, all information doesn't get in. In adults, we've trained ourselves to have a better attention span and productivity. But 90 minutes is that peak. After that, your focus, energy, creativity is just going to suffer. Mm -mm. So that's one simple way. Rhythm, breaking your time to 90-15 or 45-15. You might be a child at
0: heart, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So allow yourself that space
0: and time. Yeah. Guys, this is your permission to take a break because we all fucking need breaks. So do what you need to do.
1: (laughs) Yes. And what it showed was when we do these breaks, when you come back, you become more efficient.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: Yeah. You finish everything on time.
0: Well, I feel like we instinctually feel like we have to rush, right? We have to power through things. We have to come up with the idea, right? Brainstorm the course, come up with the action steps, the exit strategy for the nine to five. And then we end up going down a rabbit hole of just stressful steps as opposed to like actual strategy that makes sense, that feels in flow, right? We're honoring our body. Like because we've so bit conditioned for so long that those things are bad, right? Taking time for ourselves and mulling over things. It's hard to go to that space. Like it's hard to reject the corporate mentality of work, work, work.
1: Right. Right. We've trained ourselves to be this way from my perspective now how I see my patient it just doesn't work for now it might but eventually you know the body will start to speak up and just to elaborate that rhythm this program that 1915 was also taken from the concept of athletes so imagine athletes when we train perform and what we do after competition do we compete again the next day after a marathon I
0: say no (laughs) <laughs> Probably not.
1: Exactly. So we need that repair. We need that decompression. So focus is a muscle. Attention is a muscle. Same thing as your biceps is a muscle. They need repair and recovery. You can't go on a marathon every day. That was that concept that it came from. And, and they narrowed it down to time management of ninety-fifteen.
0: I like that you had compared that to athletes because, right, when we think about physical resistance, physical competition, we applaud people for taking the break and say, oh, you need the time to recover your muscles and all that. But we don't ever give ourselves the grace of doing the same thing for our minds and bodies when we do work, which is similar.
1: Right, exactly.
0: So I'm wondering, you know, we talked about kind of like your rhythms, if you will, what are some of the ways in which the listeners can work better in a corporate environment when you think about the corporate environment is very masculine, but you still need to honor your needs and maybe even cycles, you know, or just the feminine, right? Because there's the patriarchy, which we currently operate in, but I've heard the term recently that there's a matriarchy where it's more in abundance and more in flow and more in rest and recovery instead of work, work, work.
1: Right. Yes. When we want to work with our feminine energy, so feminine comes from undoing, comes from desires, comes from enjoyment, creation, versus masculine, which is our doing mode, the security, the linear. So both are very important when we want to feel fulfilled. But specifically for women, our biology and psychology, we thrive. When we spend 70% in feminine enjoyment, all our desires, 30% in masculine. And let me illustrate that through our cycles. What is our window period within that 28 to 35 cycles to get pregnant?
0: Isn't like five days, so it's the one day that you ovulate? Dude, I just figured that out. So I got off the pill and I started using natural cycles, which is like you use a basal thermometer, you take your temperature every day and you track everything. How is it that I've gone my whole 28 years of life, I've had my cycle for what, 15 years, more than that, 17 years. And I've never known that that's the thing. I didn't know that there are certain waves in your cycle, that things change, right? In the way that you work, in the way that you sleep, in the way that you eat, everything until literally this year. I don't, it's so bizarre that we don't talk about this.
1: Mm -mm, mm -mm. And when we tap into it, when we tap into how our hormones fluctuate, we get into this creation mode. And like I said, you don't need to rush it. You just need to wait that window. And then when you're in that process of creation, boom, you just get things done. Same thing with biology. Boom. You just have one to five days period of ovulation. And then you get to create life. And what happens when you don't enjoy around that ovulation? You don't ovulate, right? Uh, yeah, when you don't enjoy, when you're in that corporate and you work, 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 work. When you don't exercise, when you don't take the time in that self-care, you get into an ovulatory cycle because you were in your masculine. So the body didn't have enough time to you know, have that perfect mix of progesterone, estrogen,
0: So crazy. And then you wonder why. I mean, there's so many factors, but the rate of infertility is on the rise. And then when you see the conditions that we're working in, both the masculine and the feminine, like men and women, like, you know, we're all expected to work more. You know, maybe relationships, there's some fighting, right? Because maybe they're not spending time together. Like the food we're eating isn't great. Like, you know, and again, if you're working these crazy hours and your hormones are out of whack, and then you're wondering why maybe you're not ovulating and why you're not getting pregnant, like, It's just, it's so crazy.
1: Yes. But I hope to those women who are listening, I hope that linked in some ways that that is the window, right? To ovulate in our biology, whether you want to be a mom or not, but that's the peak of creation. Whether it's you're an artist, you're a CEO in corporate medicine, that creation is not just internal that can be translated outside.
0: Oh, for sure. I find that around my ovulation time now, right? Because I've been taking data on it for, I don't know, since March, basically. So today's, you know, December 1st. I am the most creative and I get my quote unquote divine downloads. My, what I'm supposed to do in my business, what I'm supposed to do in my life, like how I treat my body, like all these creative downloads and me taking action happens all around my ovulation, which is crazy.
1: Yes, yes. So I hope the women who's listening here, feels that permission to enjoy, to be in the feminine, the undoing, uh, the pleasure 70% of the time, because that 30% is more than enough, more than enough to get what you need out there.
0: See, but I find a lot of women are going to be, they're going to say, yes, I want to be in that relaxing, abundant, creative type of space, but they're going to, even for myself, I've seen not now because I run my business myself, but prior years, especially if you're a mom, that you have so much pressure to write, be the caregiver, be the person who cooks, be the, you know, the rock of the family, be that this person, that person. And then you feel like you have nothing left to give. Like, how do you even establish that balance or even with your corporate job? Like, you can't just be like, okay, I'm going to chill today and like not do work because I'm not ovulating. Like, you you know, how do you make everything work? with your biology and psychology based on your cycle, or just say, again, the masculine and feminine energy with your existing lifestyle?
1: Well, one, that's a very complex, but for me, you can set up the system. Your masculine can get turned on by me. I only work less than 20 hours per week, and yet I have a full-time nanny. So it's that setting up a system, how you feel supported. So if you don't have the means to have a nanny, maybe being in that vulnerable space. So feminine is also vulnerable. There's beauty and vulnerability of asking permission and help from the elders, from your other family members to participate in your vision in a family life. Doing it all by yourself is is burnout. We are independent and codependent. That's the true integrative medicine too, that we recognize that we are also codependent. First question that I ask in my intake when I do my integrative consultation, what is your vision of health 10, 20 years from now? In my elderly patient, especially when they're like 60 and above, they always say something like, I want to be able to take care of myself as long as possible that nobody needs to be burdened. And I'm like, you know, that is a beautiful vision of independence and being the best help as long as you can. But let's be realistic here. The cycle of life, we need to have an openness of vulnerability and welcoming that help, kind of like a baby. The baby welcomes the help that it needs to be changed diapers. And the elder's, can be in that space that they welcome the love and touch of other members in the community. And I don't know if if that's too far out from corporate medicine, but that's Lady Death visiting us. And how can we be soft and accepting
0: No, I I don't think it's too far out of touch because again, right, as we, so many women are on the rise of building these businesses, we have to operate in a certain way to keep up with maybe the demands of investors or keeping up with, you know, all these different things, social media and the infrastructure of a business and all that stuff. And right, it seems we need to operate in the masculine of the do, 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 but there's such awesome and exciting future if you just welcome help whether that's paid help or you just straight up ask a friend but it is so scary because right it is vulnerable saying I don't know how to do this and I need your help or I'm struggling and I need a second opinion or I'm having a bad day and I need just a pick-me-up or something and those are small things but
1: yes yes and let's let's take it from an empowerment standpoint instead of kind of feeling defeated asking for help you can invite people in your life, that this is my version of expansion. I'm inviting you to participate in my life to help me become who I really am, you know? So kind of like the aunties, the godmothers, the godfathers can participate and they see me thrive also serving the community in integrative medicine, So like that was my main message, not only that I don't know what I'm doing and I'm tired and I need help, but more of I'm inviting you because I'm on a mission and I can't do it alone. I want you to be with me. This is how you can help me thrive, right? It's still vulnerable because you might get rejected, (laughs) (laughs) but I hope that kind of changes that narrative of don't feel defeated asking for
0: help. Yeah. I need to take that advice because I definitely have a tendency to not ask for help. And then it's like too late. And then I ask for help and it's like, okay, come on. Girl. Yes. yes. <laughs>
1: because people want to help.
0: Yeah, I know. And it, crazy because people reach out to me too. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's jump on a call. Let's do this. Let's do that. Yet when I try to do with other people, there's something inside me that's like, they would not do the same for you. And that's not true. And that's not true at all.
1: Right. So it's just opening. So again, this is also the divine feminine. It's opening up. That's how our biology is meant too, right? We open our wombs to receive. And you just open that channel because people want to serve.
0: Yeah. Something that, I think actually Mariah had said it to me at one point. She had said something along the lines of like, being masculine means that you're rich, but being feminine means that you're abundant. And I was like, holy crap. That's so true, right? Because as you say, right, in that when you're in the feminine, whether you're biologically male or female, when you're in the feminine, you welcome like these amazing, like crazy things to happen because you're just in that abundant, like open type of air versus being in one that's just like doing, doing, doing. And then as you're doing, you pass by opportunity, opportunity, right? If you're running towards the goal, but you never slow down to stop and open the doors that come up you're missing all those amazing places to like shine, you know, a new job or a new source of income or a new relationship of some sort. Yes, yes.
1: Because we are meant to to receive. And like you said, when we keep like running towards the goal and we don't stop and pause and actually take that gift, you now we're we're also like blocking these channels when we're not in our feminine.
0: Yeah. I think it's also hard, too, because there's some guilt associated with, like, I don't want to say the easy route, but, like, right, if things come easy or we're lounging or we're, like, not in the struggle, there's a sense of guilt or shame for not struggling, right? It's, like, humble, humbling to be struggling, right? It's, like, you're proud to struggle and, like, go through strife, but it's not the greatest. No one actually wants to do that. It's just the norm.
1: Yes. You know, that's, that's one of the biggest mindset. Shift for me, and of course, i'm a work in progress, of course, you know that sometimes it feels more rewarding. there's that dopamine rush when the struggle was there before the reward. I was recognizing when I would go on calls, when I would be around my superiors, I was just attracting all these like burnt out, almost like like bullies. <laughs> <laughs> Not kind people, you know? And I just took it, right? Because I said, this is my sole purpose and this is my spiritual lesson. I understand the assignment. I want to be there for them. But to a certain point, I'm like, why is that? When I hear my friend's story, when they go on call, most of them, or at least those that I listened to, had like this easy call. They had fun, even though the cases were you know, dangerous or whatever. And that was like the shift. You know what? Yeah, it can be easy. And I decided that time, I want it to be easy. I want it to be me. I want it to be easy. I want to be around people who are supportive. I want to be around mentors who are not grilling me all the time. And that shift of deciding that it doesn't need to be hard all the time just changed everything too.
0: Yeah it's so funny that you say that, right? You just make a decision. And even though it's a mental decision and it doesn't seem that serious, but I feel like when you decide, you purposely push away the bullshit, right? The opportunities that no longer serve you, the job that pays you shitty, the terrible relationship, right? In your case, those bosses who were grilling you, like, you know, the difficult patients, those difficult assignments. When you don't stand for that crap anymore, again, you make ways for new fun things, but you have to say to yourself, I'm not I'm not dealing with this. I'm not doing this anymore. I want it to be fun. I want it to be better.
1: Yes, yes. And one of the leaders in quantum healing, Dr. Joe Dispenza, would say, change the field, change matter. So it starts within you, your state of being. When you change that, everything else falls into place.
0: Yeah, I've been meaning to do more work on Joe Dispenza. He knows things. Like when you talk about quantum time, like leaping, like timelines, like when you switch timelines from one of like, this is how I'm operating to then of the, uh, the new up-leveled version of me, you're like, whoa, <laughs> you're talking about some next level shit.
1: <laughs> and and this is what's hard for the feminine aspect of ourselves. And I'm not talking to just biological women Or when I say divine feminine. It's that being, that state of being, It's so hard because it takes time to pause. You're just like deactivating the sensory and you're just timeless. In corporate world, you're doing, doing, doing. So there's no time for integration, for the dust to settle.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering though, for people who are maybe in the corporate world or people who are just starting to write dabble in the feminine or really balancing the yin and yang, if you will, between the feminine and masculine, like how can we rewire our deeper listening of our bodies and what's going on so that we can, as you have said, inquire from within before reaching a breaking point or like, like, for example, some people when they leave corporate or they decide to switch their life, it's because of a life-threatening illness or something like a death, maybe something happens that triggers a great change. Like how can people start changing things without having that big moment where it's like life-altering?
1: Great question. Right before the breaking point, how can we listen? Oftentimes, it's easier for us to listen externally before internally, yeah? For it to be more anchored, I would say start with the rules of three in your environment. The rules of three is surround yourself with three types of people. One, people who you aspire to be, people who you are and the same level on your journey, whether it's career or personal life, and people who are a little bit less in terms of the ladder of the corporate and personal life, and see what elements you like and dislike. So you learn when you categorize your environment in that, No, like above you, same with you, and a little below you. And then listen, like, okay, what in their behavior, their time management, their mood that I recognize in me that I like and don't like. So sometimes we can use that external mirror to listen within. The inside job, I would say start with sleep. Inquire with your sleep. How deep is your sleep? How restorative is your sleep? What are your dreams like? And then when you wake up, how do you wake up? Do you wake up switched on already? Or do you wake up like the sun, slowly rising, and then you're waking up? So that is a first very basic on self-awareness. Where are you? And it will inform you how do you want to move forward.
0: I love that. Something that someone had told me when I was considering leaving my job was they had said straight to me, and it right, it's such a simple thing, but I hadn't recognized it as being so like, wow, that's the thing. You know, he had said to me, are the people that you're with at your job, like your manager, you know, your SVP, the people who are at your level, are they where you want to be? And I was like, no, you know, these people, maybe they don't have the relationships that they want to be in. They are struggling with their health. They aren't happy in their careers. Like they don't have time for themselves. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm in this environment I'm probably going to get similar or the same outcome as they are. Even best case scenario, let's say I choose to take care of my health or I, you know, take on more projects at work or whatever it is. Realistically, the corporate environment will put you in a confine to be not too far away from the people who are around you. And so I was like, holy crap. Okay, now I really got to switch gears because, right, if I don't want to be where they are, I have no place being there any longer. And so I need to switch gears. And so I did it. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah,
1: it's hard. And in medicine, what you're saying and what I was saying about people around us is epigenetics. How our genes can be turned on or is turned off depending on the environment that we wow. allow.
0: No way. That's a thing?
1: Yes. Yeah. Holy crap.
0: Wow. Wow. I didn't know that.
1: What we've found is actually epigenetics lifestyle has a bit more pull rather than just genetics internal. And genes, and I always hear this with my patients, well, it's my genes, that's why my high cholesterol is not well controlled. And genes make up for around less than 10%. Wow. Yeah. So it's that lifestyle, self-talk environment that's really more crucial with how you talk to your genes you turn it on or turn it off?
0: It's really cool that those quote unquote woo-woo concepts that used to be like, I don't want to say not backed by science, but right, people knock them. They were like, oh, this doesn't make sense, right? It's not physical. It doesn't, whatever it is. Now those things are coming to light. Even like, you know, intuition, like there are studies on it. Like all these things are becoming actual scientifically backed things. Like you're saying epigenetics, like so cool. Such a fun time to be alive.
1: Yes. yes. And, you know, about science and of course, science is a beautiful way of us understanding what works and what doesn't work. Let me open that box of indigenous traditional healing, our way of science. So I, I grew up in the Philippines, so a lot of traditional healers are still very well respected in the community, especially in the rural areas. And I also have a background in uh, traditional Chinese medicine. So acupuncture was not even respected 10 years ago when I started practicing it. Now now it's more respected. Even orthopedic would prescribe it. It was woo woo. It was like quackery. Like you're a quack. Why why are you practicing?
0: (laughs) My dad's a chiropractor. So that was most of my upbringing. Everyone's like, oh, this idiot. (laughs) And now everyone's (laughs) like, oh, it makes sense. (laughs) So it's funny.
1: So there is that. Science is actually catching up because all these, like you said, intuition, the meridians or energy lines have been there for thousands of years. The indigenous practices, the healing, and now we are catching up with the sophisticated ways of seeing and capturing data that it works. So anyway, I just wanted to throw it out there.
0: Yeah, no, but I- It's humbling, right? It is. And it's also exciting because I think it gives permission for people to lean into like what is normal and natural for their bodies, right? It's been here for thousands of years. We've worn the same, if you will, meat suit for thousands of years, right? We've had these superpowers, if you will, without explanation. And so now that it's coming together, it's just, it's really cool. And right. And because they are embracing natural medicine, It makes it more accessible for people. It's easier. It's less expensive. They're getting better results. And like, you know, maybe in a lot of cases, it's not as an invasive, which is awesome, right? I've gone into integrative medicine over the past few years, like acupuncture and all that stuff. And it has really, it has changed the game. It has changed me so much in a, in the better way.
1: I I loved hearing that. And you said your dad was a chiropractor? Yeah. So
0: he's a chiropractor and he has a nutritional practice kind of centered around, as you will, like the woo-woo. But it's been so cool to see over the years of everyone calling him a quack, but then, right, he's getting results. Like So the reason why he actually went into practice instead of doing primary care was because my mother was infertile. And so- how her infertility was solved was chiropractic because the nerves in her back were being pinched because she was a gymnast for so long that the brain wasn't connecting with the reproductive cycle. So nothing, right? So she wasn't able to conceive. So once she got adjusted and the nerves were not pinched, that's when it happened. So it was like, Okay, if that's that, when you have it. Well, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. But I mean, it's just it's when you think about things from a really simple perspective on the body, you just uh, a lot of other aha moments come and that's why other things are, you know, it just it's like I said, it's a really cool time to be alive. Like we are learning things that or I shouldn't say we're learning them, but we're re-reminded of the natural ways in which health has been involved, you know, in this earth and it's been presented. It's really cool to see people have really healthy, full lives because they're just embracing what nature has given us.
1: Yes. But I love that your dad, I'm assuming he is senior to me, that in that time he was judged as quack and whatnot, but he had that conviction that this felt right to him. And so aligning that with corporate, follow that nudge, right? Follow that nudge. If you have that conviction that it's not right for you anymore, yeah. I want to give everyone that courage that there are other ways. There are many ways of living abundantly and feeling fulfilled.
0: Do you love your practice and everything that you do now?
1: Uh, 90% of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're honest though. Cause I mean, it's hard, right? Managing people and managing schedules and like websites and all this stuff. And sometimes, you know, some days you just want to check out and you can't cause you're, it's your baby, it's your business, but
1: yeah, for the most part, I know I am where I need to be. But at the same time, I know the universe is expansive, right? So I am in also my process of evolving. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I'm really excited and really curious to see where your business takes, especially since you're like connected to the whole Kelly Roach world, who she is like, the fact that what was the stat? She's the most... She's trained the most seven and eight figure entrepreneurs ever, which is insane. So cool. Yes. yes. So it's, awesome. Uh,
1: honestly, the journey starting with Kelly became a lot more enjoyable as an entrepreneur because of her strategies. And also she invites a lot of people who gives you permission to live a different, many types of ways of being an entrepreneur. And so it's that uniqueness in you know that is encouraged Mm-mm.
0: yeah so cool so much good stuff happening like i said i'm excited to see a year from now what happens because i'm sure it'll be big and bold this has been great i'm so glad that you came on to discuss everything from like burnout to just right integrative medicine and just honoring our bodies both as a men either you're biologically male or female but what i like to do with all my guests is like leave off on one final note write one gold nugget and it's if you could give advice to your younger self what would that be
1: This was given to me by um, one of my best friends, and it gave me the courage to to move forward and to listen to my heart's calling. And it's a very simple one. She said, there's no such thing as a wrong choice.
0: (laughs) True, though. True. It's just
1: motion. Yeah. So I can choose whatever, and it's not wrong. And
0: then I can choose another and it's not wrong. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. It's true though. It's just sometimes hard to, you know, we beat ourselves up sometimes about the choices we make, but it, realistically they put us exactly where they need to be. So, well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, can you let the listeners know where they can find you, where they can connect with you, or maybe reach out if they're inquiring about maybe some of your integrative services?
1: Yeah. So um, I'm based in Tucson, I have an integrative medical practice called ThriveLifeCenter.com. So that's my website. I also do um, like online coaching specifically for highly driven women. Um, so you can follow me also in my Facebook group, The Tribe of Zen Mama Boss. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. I really, really appreciate it.
1: Yes. Thank you, Gabby. That This was really good. Oh, good. Yeah.
0: Good. I'm glad. Thanks for listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast. Visit corporatequitter.com for resources, extended content, and additional information about our guests. To connect with us, stay up to date on all things Corporate Quitter, and to learn more about how you can leave the 9 to 5, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys.